Another sunny day at Hockey Book Club. Wow! And we're back. Yes. <laughs> an, is this another episode? Yes. All right. <laughs> what episode is this? What number are we at? 21. 21? Yeah. Blackjack? What sure. else? Legal age of drinking. Mm-hmm. So now it's official. If you want to have a mimosa while listening to our <laughs> podcast, then, hey, we don't blame you because we, we're up at the 21st episode now. Yes. And you're going to need one for this topic mm-hmm. because it's a rough one. Oh, my gosh. Should we have mimosas for this f- film? No. Bloody Marys, though. Blood. Oh, <laughs> just nice kidding. Ones, I don't Lenny. drink at all. It was just a good joke, but <laughs> I don't I don't drink at all. So Dang. <laughs> no, thanks. But Cameron has his coffee. Uh, Yeah, I do. Though I can't drink it on air. Yeah, because I get mad. <laughs> oh, wow. That's true. <laughs> I'm glad at least they know. Yes. I like to try to drink coffee when I'm having conversations with people. But Zeleni only drinks water. But that's okay. That's good. I respect that. Thanks. <laughs> when you go out to the club at night, I want one tall glass of water, please. Yes. I will pay $5. No. No? <laughs> water's free. That's why everyone that's doesn't true. want you to drink it. What I don't like about getting water at the clubs, though, is that it's 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 very wasteful, actually. They just have all these water cups, uh, you know, little oh, cups uh-huh. that you get. Yeah, and yeah. every time I'm up at the club trying to get my, my <laughs> dance on... I, I, I'll get my cup. It'll be like two thirds full. And then the little cleanup guys at the bar or at the club will come pick it up and throw it away. And I look Mm -hmm. back after half a song of dancing and my water's gone. I'm like, I need my water. I was saving that, bro. Uh And then so I have to go waste (laughs) another disposable cup. And it's right. Well, the whole disposable cup industry is totally a mess. You're right. But that's too much it for high me, people club. Yeah, it makes me depressed. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to talk about the environmental injustices of America. We're here to discuss the 2008 phenomenon. That's right. The entertainment export, better known as Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> oh, goodness. Cute, okay. creepy, romantic music. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what is this movie? Is it a romance? Fantasy romance. Teen rom com. No, no, <laughs> no com here, unfortunately. I mean, com in the sense that it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're making me laugh. It's true. What about Heike Book Club? Are we a rom com? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this one with spoilers. I'm kind of like. I don't care. I, I, I'm <laughs> saying it now that if you haven't watched this movie, it's probably not worth watching. And if you have, if you were part of the phenomenon back in 2008, then you've seen it. So you're either one of two people. Like you never saw it, never cared, and you shouldn't. You probably shouldn't see it. So spoilers not, doesn't matter. Or you saw it back in the day or, and loved it, whatever, or didn't. And 
spoilers don't matter because you saw it already. So I, I agree. I mean, if you're going to watch a vampire movie, watch Interview with the Vampire. It's earlier in the 90s. It's got a young Tom Cruise and Nicole and Kirsten Kidman. Dunst. And Kirsten Dunst. Is it Kirsten or Kristen? Kristen. Kristen Dunst? Yeah. I feel like all my <laughs> life I said Kirsten. I don't know, but whatever. We need she, a live fact checker. She's like a kid. If you're looking for a job that doesn't no. pay, <laughs> come be a fact checker. <laughs> <laughs> she's like a kid in it. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Interview with the vampire. I and think Brad Pitt. Best. And oh my God. How could I forget I Brad? He's seen the protagonist. It. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have, wait, what? You yeah. haven't seen? Okay, hold up. Hold that's up. I, propose, I liked Twilight so much. Yeah. Oh, that's a good <laughs> point. I propose that the next movie we book club be interview with the vampire. No, that's too. We should go on a vampire theme. It's too here. similar. I, I like It's actually I like, not. Well, theme wise, I like switching it up, but at some point. It's great. And, and A list. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, it's the only vampire movie. I mean, I haven't heard or seen of any that has done any vampire justice since on the big screen. Um, I probably you're right. <laughs> but Twilight, so Twilight's like that concept, but on the current now scale and yeah. uh, teenager scale. And I'm sure as a book, it does a great job. No. Um, no? <laughs> it's pretty true to the book. Oh. Yeah, so... I mean, the book. I mean, that's a good thing, but then also makes me realize that the book's (laughs) not very good. Yeah, I know. So I was super, I was all up in the Twilight Madness, like (laughs) back in the day. Who do we have to blame for the Twilight Madness? What's the Stephanie Meyer. So Stephanie Meyer wrote this book and I found it at the bookstore. (laughs) <laughs> at Barnes and Noble, I would I was I would love to read back then. I Hashtag was, justice for Borders. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> I like Borders. If you remember Borders bookstore, <laughs> yeah. So I found it at Barnes and Noble. It, no, it was not popular at all. Yeah, Twilight. I just picked it because I would just look at the teen section and just like read the backs and just buy whatever sounded interesting. Yeah, and <laughs> the back of Twilight just captivated what? me right from the beginning. Wow. <laughs> right from the and first sentence. Looking back, it's pretty embarrassing. It's that it's <laughs> it's in the movie. It's that quote that's like first I was or about three things I was absolutely positive about. One, Edward was a vampire. <gasps> or first or and then second, uh there was some part of him, I don't know how dominant that part was, that thirsted for my blood. I'm quoting this pretty exactly. I'm pretty oh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and thirdly, or lastly, I was unequivocally and irrevocably, 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 yeah, <laughs> in love with it's him. Like, I can't think about it. I just have to. Yeah, <laughs> I have to throw it out there and hope that it gets. I get it right. Yes, that word in love with him, <laughs> and I was so I was That's, like, whoa. That was like <laughs> <laughs> this is poetry. That was the unbelievable part of the movie to me is how just quickly and suddenly they fell in love, and yeah. they were not trying to challenge or play with the idea of the main be falling in love it was just like they decided within the first third of the movie and the rest of the movie is about them saving their love for each other yeah that they were irrevocably in love like looking back and seeing now it definitely doesn't age well it's been 10 years Mm -hmm. since the movie it's i'm just like so i'm like 
is this why is this where my problems come from? Yeah. <laughs> is this why I'm so clingy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just such a twisted idea of what love should be, and like the audience was like mostly young girls, and it's just like very dangerous image to be portraying, you know? Like to hmm. me, I was like, this is ideal, <laughs> you know? Interesting. Mm-hmm. I had this friend in fifth grade that also read a lot. Mm-hmm. We became good friends at the end of fifth grade. And we would keep in touch about Twilight stuff because we would both read it. And then she was always like so smart about it. I'm just like, I don't understand where such young kids can be like this. But she totally was. She was like total feminist and like talking about really big ideas like it's like this is problematic because this and this and i'm like about twilight yeah and i'm like girl i i'm like i want a vampire boyfriend you know (laughs) it's like did she transfer to princeton she probably went to no i don't know where she went harvard cultural studies i feel like i knew where she went but she should have gone to princeton because in fifth grade being like a feminist well we'll get into this later but it's stuff yeah i my brain was not anywhere thinking like that as a fifth grader <laughs> i know right i was like but edward ooh, he's hot like <laughs> in elementary school i wasn't taught to challenge exactly things. like that's where i'm like i don't know where kids like that get it but i mean that's cool honestly i don't even think in middle school and high school i got much exposure yeah, to that too like, me you're so you're blowing my mind right now because it's making me realize how over the past three years or so that i've been at ut i feel like the entire time like every class has been about almost every class i've been teaching about how to challenge ideas mm-hmm. and challenge w- what is commonly accepted and mm-hmm. knowing how to back that up yeah um, i mean it's really like for me too it was in college where i learned how to do that and in uh, middle school and high school i think i encountered more people that like more uh-huh. people than in elementary school that mm-hmm. were like that but i still didn't know how to be that way right or like automatically But I I was more aware of it because I'd encountered more people. But Mm -hmm. still, like, fifth grade was probably the earliest time I encountered someone like that. That's incredible. She was so smart. Wow. It's like, how are you so smart and so young? Why did she even go to school? She should have been, like, leading (laughs) research. I know. Somewhere. (laughs) She was just so, yeah. So she would tell me about all the problematic things, and I would think it was bullshit. But now I'm like... Well, that's how I feel about it now as a 23-year-old. Valid point. The 10-year-old is right. (laughs) I don't know. It was dark times, emo, peak emo times for me. So it made sense. Now looking at watching the movie, it looks so emo. Like the lighting is super blue. This was the bluest movie I think I'd ever seen. (laughs) It's very blue, shaky cam, lots of staring. Blue is the color of the neighbors that I have. Blue is the color that they have inside their hair. <laughs> so anyways, it's a little random tangent, but I really, I recently, I guess rediscovered, but finally discovered the, I guess, hit 90s song called Blue, Blue, parentheses, Da Bida, Da Badi. Sorry. Cameron. Sorry. I don't know. Alleviating. It's a cool song. Go look it up. Everyone has heard it. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I'm just saying. So, and the, the first Twilight's pretty indie. Like, I, I, I saw, I read the book. I was telling everyone about it. No one knew. I was all, all up on Stephanie Meyer's blog, <laughs> <laughs> listening to whatever she said. 
And I think the movie came out after the second book had already come out. So Okay. Sort of like Harry Potter where like they started the trilogy. Yeah. Or sorry, they started the series without the books being finished. Yeah, for sure. And that's when it became like a huge phenomenon at the movie. And for like the third and fourth books, there was a lot more like hype about it. Well, Zeleny, you turned me on to something I hadn't realized, which was that this was considered a relatively low budget film. Yes, it was indie. It was. I did not think that. I mean, it definitely presented itself. If it was low budget, I feel like it's marketing budget was insane because i remember it being marketed a whole lot i don't think so i think you're just remembering like the later films with which Mm, had like a huge budget and maybe i'm also just remembering like my high school being crazy about it yeah it was more like cult like Mm -hmm. market (laughs) i I don't know like it's just especially the first one like the the next ones had like huge hundred some million dollar budgets but I was reading like Huckleberry Finn and Macbeth <laughs> when this came wow, out. Wow, you're so intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag modesty. So it was 37 million was the budget. 37 million? I mean, that's... That's substantial for indie, but... Yes. Still low for like what it made. Do you want to guess what it oh, made worldwide? God. Worldwide? Hold up. Can we do domestic first? Sure. I want to say domestically it made 125 million. No. Higher. Higher? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it was around 195 almost I was going to say 200 million. Yeah. Jeez. And that worldwide? Gotcha. Uh let's say 450. 400. Almost 400. 400. Wow. Or around there. I I mean, it's so interesting. I'm wondering how it translates. How how do you think the vampire theme translates? I'm sure very well, clearly. <laughs> well, but it's also Twilight is very like non-conventional vampires. They're very like Well, they could freaking go out into society and hang out in the daytime as long as it's overcast the whole time. Right. And if <laughs> they can only live in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. <laughs> And if it's sunny, they sparkle instead yeah, of yeah. burn. A, exactly. <laughs> they sparkle. Like, they're super attractive. They're super. They have super speed, super strength, super agility. I mean, agility. that's normal for vampires. Super strength, super speed, and super agility. I don't know yeah. about super speed. Well, when we watch Interview with a Vampire, <laughs> you'll see. Okay then. Well, everything except for the being able to stand in sunlight. Are they also like? conventionally attractive like oh, extremely yeah. attractive oh yeah As a whole in thing. the book so the movie uh, i feel bad this is like kind of i feel like this is mean to the actors but it's also like hair and makeup and stuff but like in the book they're described as like greek god goddesses looking the vampires like models like supermodels and like in the movie the actors i mean it was a low budget movie like what like a lot of actors probably wouldn't want to do it and I mean, I'm sorry, but you can't just hire Channing Tatum for every vampire movie. <laughs> well, he hasn't been in any. Uh-huh. But like the casting was not as attractive as the book played it up to be. Like they're they're beautiful people, but like they're not like what the book described, mm-hmm. like actual supermodel mm-hmm. type. And then the makeup was pretty. It was like it would stop like halfway at the neck. <laughs> the white makeup and, like. yeah i did not understand that yeah because they're supposed to be pale but maybe the budget didn't allow for more <laughs> i mean were they supposed to just be pale in the face no they're pale everywhere yeah then that was a disconnect <laughs> i don't know it was just 
weird like the, the everyone had like a wig that was clearly like very wiggish like <laughs> i didn't notice the wigs oh you didn't no i i just can't notice those things though okay like bella has a wig the whole time what really? yeah is bella our protagonist yes okay so bella is our average girl protagonist man bella. i related bella. so much to her back then yeah you know like she i mean she definitely fits the description she's of very like, emo well, no, she's just <laughs> average in every way. And then that that in a book translates as very relatable. Like any most girls can see themselves in that. Mm. And like she has the most common hair color, the most common eye color. Like, yeah. And, and the same facial expression the entire time. <laughs> With her mouth open. <laughs> I related to her. She was so clumsy. It's like that's always <laughs> trademark, like relatable girl. I'm so clumsy, like Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. About her being clumsy? No, it's just about how, yeah, like about how that's expected in an average uh, representation I know. of a woman. It's fucked up. I agree. Even, But I was, I am really clumsy still to this day. Mm-hmm. So I did relate. But yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Maybe you're clumsy because... I know I'm being portrayed that worried way. about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> some psychological games happening with this movie. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And so this movie was like, so one thing to praise it on, even if it maybe wasn't. Let me see if I can guess. Okay. Wait, praise it. Is it like a technical thing? Kind of. Yeah. It's not part of the story. The costumes. No, gross. <laughs> <laughs> costumes are just like shirts and pants. I don't it has to do with like positions. Positions. Like in in the. Oh, class. like it was directed by a woman. Yeah, and oh. written. Okay. Or adapted, like. Right. By a woman. That's um, good. That's great. Yeah. But in terms of the actual content, like. It, right. Not much merit. Yeah, female director uh, Catherine Hardwick did it. She's, what else has she directed? She did a movie called Thirteen, and she's just kind of an indie. That's cool. And. So, Based out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And <laughs> is so, she really? Well, no. I don't, I don't know why I just said <laughs> I wasn't listening. Not, neither was anyone else. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was the... If you're still listening, then... <laughs> hey. Good for you. I'm glad. The first weekend, she had like... She like broke the record for highest uh, gross in like the weekend by a female director mm-hmm. when it came out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was cool. It's just... It's also controversial because... Like after the first movie, the and it got super big and the budget got over a hundred million. They gave it to men. The rest of the sequels. Oh no, they didn't. Yeah, so there's four sequels after this and three directors. One director did part one and two of the last one. They're all men. Catherine Hardwick seems salty about it, which rightfully so. I mean, that's regardless, a, that's if, an unfortunate legacy to have to defend and. Yeah, like regardless of with. like how shitty the first one might be it's still like grossed eight times as much the uh, next over one no no the the first one like eight times the budget mm-hmm. over eight times the budget it grossed and like she's the one that directed that and even if like it's shitty to critics it's like she's clearly doing a good job if it grows that much yeah what about its rotten tomato score well <laughs> do you want to guess it, is it certified fresh no certified rotten <laughs> yep oh no i do want to guess let me see it's 36 percent. no oh a God. little higher a little higher okay <laughs> okay i'm sorry i was so mean it's okay uh, <laughs> i love my tomatoes and smashing them against films um how about 52 percent? no a little higher a little lower 
Oh. <laughs> Almost there. 47%? 48. 48? Yeah. Wow. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, but it's... <laughs> Why are we reviewing crappy movies? Because it's... It, it, because the phenomenon... It like, was a phenomenon. The mania was like... Ridiculous. It spun off like a million other vampire stories. Yeah. True Blood. Um, yeah. Vampire Diaries. What? Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Vampire Confessions. No. <laughs> Fifty Shades is not a vampire movie. Well, but listen, Fifty Shades was original. Fifty Shades of Grey was originally Twilight fan fiction. No. Yes. Maydigas. <laughs> you knew that, right? I told you. I didn't. I, I mean, I think you told me maybe once, but yeah. I just didn't connect it. Yeah. Especially so, after now seeing Twilight. And I just, I don't see the connection. I mean, I, you don't? Um, but you don't see the connection between Fifty Shades and Twilight? You don't see something interesting about how he has all this super strength and power and can kill her at any moment and how that translates to BDSM. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Just like, gosh, it took the fans to like make that kind of spinoff connection. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, pretty, I it has undertones of that. Like, like this. Yeah, I think so. Well, this speaks to a really important development in media studies in regards to fan fiction and fan studies. Uh, I explore this a little bit, not too much, but a little bit in my degree during this time period when we have Internet cultures of the 2008 period the communities online are really dedicated to i mean gosh these fan communities are so dedicated to these characters like probably more so than the author i feel like and they want to go deeper into these characters and characterizations to come up with stories and they come up with these you know uh, other alternative plot lines and then we see uh something like 50 shades happen yeah which grows even more than twilight my goodness yeah it it almost broke 600 million worldwide the the original first one the then? first 50 oh, shades of gray my goodness i know and it was like a fanfic yeah the it's most insane. the most common example that we'd used for this uh phenomenon was supernatural oh that's a big i don't know if show. there are any vampire stories mm, in it i think there i mean there's a lot all the supernatural creatures show up what happened was the fans they started to take their own agency into creating the stories for these characters mm -hmm. and theories about them that then then in turn the producers decided to take those story stories more seriously and incorporate them into the show itself and so it becomes this like really interesting full circle effect mm -hmm. that we don't see really in any other case as prominently yeah and that's cool mm -hmm. twilight's <laughs> <laughs> it Gave us Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I know. It's <laughs> it's just, you know. there And so apparently what I was reading up on, because I was trying to read up on how it came, Fifty Shades of Grey came to be from Twilight, whatever. But a big part was that, so <laughs> Fifty Shades was, they, a, a porn company was trying to make a porn version. You know, porn versions, they do it for a lot of movies. And... They were trying to do one of Fifty Shades, but then Fifty Shades, like whoever does Fifty Shades, I forgot what studio, sued them for it. It was like too similar to oh, because yeah. because Fifty Shades is very almost pornographic. So they were like, no, this will tarnish the image of Fifty Shades, whatever, which whatever. Okay. What image does Fifty Shades have? <laughs> yeah, a pornographic one is what. But anyway, the the porn company like 
<laughs> we have a reputation the, to <laughs> uphold here. <laughs> they defended themselves by saying that Fifty Shades had been posted in a lot of places as fanfic for Twilight. Like they use that in their counter argument. Wow. So Fifty Shades was originally... That's very interesting. I'm so glad you brought that to my attention. Are you? I am. Well, so we're we're not going to care about spoilers too much for this film. We don't. Um, We don't don't necessarily recommend the film. We don't don't expect you to go see it too much. So just kind of ride along with us as we continue to explore the topics of the film and, and what we think about each little part of it. So, well, did you know... Robert Pattinson, <laughs> Robert Robert Pattinson, and Kristen Stewart dated. I say for PR, but you know, I always say. So those were the two main leads. Yeah, Edward and Bella. They dated during the filming. <laughs> so they dated like right after it became huge, suspiciously. So from 2009 to 2012, and then. Whoa, that's a long relationship. Yeah, and was then, that like while they were filming the sequels? Yeah, it was like throughout the whole franchise. Mm. suspiciously again i say <laughs> but she, then she cheated on him with the director of snow white and the huntsman which she played snow white in oh my god and no medias. yeah and the director was married and 19 years older than her it was very what much an escandalo <gasps> my gosh that is, <laughs> that is a scandal yeah <laughs> they both issued apologies or whatever but robert panson and her broke up <laughs> wow is is and, um is he still married to that director i don't know <laughs> oh my god um but that's so messy yeah and Over now snow white and the huntsman <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i, I mean it's just making me think that she gets like now i don't know what other film she did but i feel like that film snow white and the huntsman is similar in tone to like the twilight series oh. and so it makes me think of how maybe she got pigeonholed into this typecasting of a mm. specific genre of film i feel like she's been in a lot of movies though it's just her acting is not my favorite yeah <laughs> i feel bad because like she also I, I, on snl last year she came out as bisexual and she's been dating women a lot mm. like she dated saint vincent that's interesting and now she's dating a victoria's secret model oh is she doing any film work i don't know <laughs> i don't think so she's not on riverdale <laughs> no ah. hey does not that bad i mean it is but (laughs) you know so okay yeah the acting in this film uh was atrocious (laughs) no i mean it just it's okay did not connect for me and i felt like they were uh, they were they were acting vampires rather than like trying to just be vampires and really dive into what living it is like instead they were just portraying it on the surface yeah i mean you explore that more i guess in the sequels mm, mm-hmm. oh it's just so bad so problematic that she just wants to end her life now she's just like i just want to be a vampire and edward's like uh no being a vampire is not necessarily a good thing it's like you're a monster you can't you're- just be satisfied living the rest of your life with me right and she's like nope <laughs> So wait, does this come back in the future episodes, future yes, iterations? Of for sure. And we're going to play a little, well, we're not going to play a game, but I, well, I guess it's a game of how, sh- how much I can shock Cameron with what happens like oh my in gosh. the sequels. So <laughs> how much shock can Cameron handle? <laughs> how Stay tuned for that game. How incredulous will dun, he be? Dun, 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 so dun, dun, what we're going to do is we're going to 
I'm going to tell Cameron about things that happen in the sequels. And he's just going to let us know how he feels about it. Are we going to play that now? Yes. Uh, Unless you have anything more to say. Uh, No, I had nothing <laughs> to say when I came in here. And <laughs> I mean, other than I just... Yeah, well, I, I, there is a reason why I never watched this film until now, and now I know. <laughs> Any positives? We, I just wanted to note how, you know, Zeleni and I, we had been planning to watch this. Actually, more Zeleni had been planning to watch this movie for a while. She was like, we're going to get you to watch it, Cameron, and we're going to book club it. And I was <laughs> like, ah, no, no, no. Okay, fine. And then finally, when we get around to doing it, we had to split watching the movie up into like three different nights Cameron because I just could not. Asleep. God, I could not follow this movie. Was thirty-one minutes too long? I mean, yeah, it was a lot of just wasted time on staring and breathing. Oh my gosh! I just so we have a principle, and this is me like definitely spoiling um, my education at UT on. On live. But anyway, so I'm in a screenwriting class right now at UT and we have a principle in mm-hmm. screenwriting and the principle is get in late, get out early. And this is in regards to every scene that you write in a screenplay. The idea is that you want to cut out anything that's not necessary for the plot. And the idea is you got to get into that action as late as possible and then get out of it as early as possible. Um, because our, our attention spans limited. We just want the important information and get going to the next bit. And I feel like this movie is a prime <laughs> example of ignoring that. <laughs> In every scene. Principle. Yeah, Jesus. It's just, man, they milked every scene. Yeah, so much staring that was unnecessary and cutting back and forth on their faces and then repeating scenes. Ugh. Yes, a lot of that. Very that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for being a teenage movie, which is historically supposed to be an hour and a half long, 90 minutes. It's like, two hours. Why did they make a two hour movie for that market? That's... I think they were like, it's fantasy. So we got to catch up to like the Harry Potters and the I Lord guess. of the Rings where things no. actually happen. <laughs> Instead, I was falling asleep too much. I wish I had a pillow. For yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cameron kept falling asleep every time. And I was regretting it like halfway through, but we're already halfway through. Like, yeah. you know, like we. <laughs> so we stopped at like the 40, 40 minute mark. And then the, the hour 30 minute. Hour 30 minute mark. So like basically at the act breaks of this movie. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, and uh, the last uh, one positive thing is uh, the soundtrack was very beefy in this. It had songs from Muse, Linkin Park, Haley Williams from Paramore, mm. um, Radiohead, and Robert Pence. Wow. <laughs> he even contributed some. Were these original songs just for Twilight? Some of them. That's really Definitely interesting. Definitely Paramore's was wow they really i feel like they with, got all the emo with, yeah people. is radiohead an emo band eh, yeah they're on the edge i mean they're That's so interesting they're also like an older band like an right. older people band but I, st- I, I think still, it still classifies i wish i understood the influence of radiohead like radiohead yeah. has such an amazing following that i just don't understand me neither <laughs> <I> don't, <get laughs> <it>. don't ask <laughs> me okay so <laughs> let's move on to our uh let's shot camera game da, 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 da. So this is going to have spoilers for all of the four following movies of Twilight. But again, I don't recommend you watch them at all, at all. So <laughs> feel free to just listen to this and see how shocked you get 
<laughs> tweet us what was the most shocking thing if you haven't seen it and if you have seen them then laugh along with us at how I wish we had one of those pins where I could actually get shocked oh no <laughs> that's awful <laughs> okay this will be enough I promise okay so in the the next movie the sequel we explore so remember Jacob in Twilight Jacob was the long haired Taylor Lautner oh yeah the Quilliots definitely yeah. i you know that just a note like that took me off guard because they set him up in the beginning of the film to be like an ally for bella and i thought that they were gonna have more of a relationship built up and then by the end turns out that this guy is like turning into an enemy and like turning into the anti-vampire i don't know messenger yeah <laughs> of some do you have any idea why Oh, I mean, I have a fe- I don't know about why, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that he's from a family uh-huh. of people that maybe in the past the vampires had like taken over their land or something. I don't uh, know. Like the white man. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, well, so it turns out Jacob is like a lot of the people on this or some of the people on this reservation uh, are descended from wolves. And he says that that's the closest thing we get to in Twilight. And then in the second book, uh, Jacob begins his transformation into a werewolf. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So does this movie end up becoming like, like by the, the end of the fifth film, does it become <laughs> like Infinity War where it's like <laughs> werewolves, <laughs> werewolves versus vampires? A little bit. More, oh more in Eclipse. More <laughs> uh, in the third one. I see. In the fourth fifth, is just like. was. <laughs> so in the third one. Okay. So. Jacob's becoming, and at the same time, Edward leave. Edward and his whole family move away because he's too dangerous for Bella. You know, you we see these feelings echoed in Twilight a lot. That he thinks they're too dangerous for her, even though he loves her. It's like for your protection, I must leave you. You know, so they he leaves his whole family. They leave. And I mean, really, so as a concept, I actually enjoy the concept a whole lot. I think. I mean, I do. I think it's a cool concept that he has to, as a vampire, learn how to control and restrain himself. And I think that at the core, like that's the core issue, I think, of this film. And I think that that is interesting. But it's just they just it, executed it really poorly, in my opinion. Yeah. The, it got wrapped up in all the other subplot type tones. And the problematic thing to me is that he has so much power and she's powerless. And that's kind of like, mm. it's definitely a kink, but it, I don't think it's healthy. <laughs> right. You know, it's it, when the power is so imbalanced in a relationship. Right. Just that's problematic. It should have been a female teen vampire. I think that's what happens in Lost Boys, isn't it? No, I don't know. I don't know what Lost want, Boys is. That's another good vampire movie. Interesting. When was that made? A- the 80s. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's good. It's known. I mean, that's so the idea of restraint, though, is also echoed in Interview with the Vampire. Mm. Yeah, um, it makes sense. I mean, when they're trying to eat people. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, he Edward leaves her, and she becomes depressed for, like, a year. Like, so depressed. Like, she doesn't do anything because she loved him so much, you know? Yeah, she <laughs> becomes... Yeah, that's crazy. And the only thing that... She she starts forming more of a friendship with Jacob while he's going through his transformation and stuff. And in the in the movie, it's a lot about him taking his shirt off and he has a lot of abs. And Ugh. yeah, like Jacob was hot, hot stuff in 2009 or whenever. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And Jacob starts falling for her. I bet the fan communities were all over that. Oh, yeah. So this is where Team Jacob versus Team Edward came about. What the heck is that? 
that's are those internet rivalries yes oh my it was gosh. like the the birth of internet rivalries like oh. team are you team jacob or are you team edward it's like team werewolves team vampires you what? know i was team jacob for a long time but then uh-huh. i was team edward what i had a shirt that you said team edward you're a flip-flopper <laughs> i had a shirt that said team edward on it it's so embarrassing from Hot Topic. You still have it? I don't think so. Hot Topic had Team Edward and Team Jacob. Yes. Oh, my God. It, it was huge. Like, that was, like, team. Like, you choose a side here. <laughs> now I know. That's so funny. Oh, this is great. I'm getting so cultured. <laughs> yes. And Hashtag then cultured. Also, in New Moon, like, she realizes she has these weird hallucinations whenever she does something really reckless of Edward telling her to not be reckless. So she'll, she starts getting herself into, like, really dangerous situations just so that she can see hallucinations of Edward. She's actually, like, crazy. <laughs> so she, like, jumps off a cliff, and then Alice, the one that sees the future, thinks she died because she fell off a cliff. Oh. <laughs> so Edward wants to go kill himself to, because she died. Oh, my God. But then Alice sees she's not dead, so they try to go see or save Edward from killing himself in Italy. They're in Italy. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, so... The, the vampires have like these this ruling government body in italy <laughs> in italy <laughs> yeah they're called the volturi volturi yeah the volturi and they're like governing body of vampires they're like you know the, the I mean, that's sec- cool they self-represent like the ministry of magic kind of thing but exactly. very small they're they're like a like a small group it's like a private like underground circle yeah like it's just <laughs> they maintain like the secrecy and all that i see yeah they have to yeah. so they need this yeah government is a necessity so he's going there for them to kill him like he's gonna expose his glittery body to the people of italy and that way he'll get executed by the government because he revealed himself so then bella goes that's a big that's a big stake (laughs) and then bella goes while he's taking his shirt off and stops him and they he finds out she's alive and he's like oh, i'll never leave you again you know and <laughs> wait bella stops him yeah oh. so they go all the way they have to go all the way to italy to like oh get gosh. him back yeah but then the volturi are kind of mad that she know or they're they're mad at the collins that she knows about vampires and she's mm-hmm. a human mm-hmm. and that kind of sets us up for the next stuff because now the government is kind of the vampire government is mad at them for knowing for having a human knowing about them oh they say like they should either kill her or turn her oh my god into a vampire yeah whoa they really raise the stakes in this one yeah and like bella all she wants to become a vampire and her life be immortal be beautiful you know wow (laughs) bella still has those desires yes this is so problematic because you have three different entities that want really like three different things but then like basically the option that has the most power the most plausibility because it would please two out of the three parties is her turning into a vampire because the ministry would appreciate that and bella would appreciate that yeah so it makes edward have a very difficult choice to make yeah and he says okay fine i'll turn you if you marry me (laughs) vampires get married you know whatever i want to go to a vampire wedding (laughs) (laughs) would it be at night no probably not (laughs) no it wasn't so they do get married what yeah of course does she get bitten well wait (laughs) (gasps) okay so then so we're moving into eclipse which is the third book and so jacob and his pack are mad because they they're also against uh her turning into a vampire because the Collins and the wolves made a pact that the the wolves wouldn't attack the vampires which wolves and vampires are mortal enemies from forever 
Mm. Like that's in this world. Before humans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were wolves and vampires. Yes. And then, so the wolves, <laughs> <laughs> the wolves and the Collins made a pact that the, the wolves wouldn't attack them unless the Collins bit someone and turned someone into more vampires. So like the Collins basically can't make more of them. Right. They're, they're bound by, by this pact. pact. Yeah. So Jacob is really against the turning. So both Edward and Jacob, team, team Edward, team Jacob, they don't want her to turn. And then the government and Bella both want to turn to vampire. Wow. Yeah. And then, so we're, now we're in Eclipse. Wait, what do Bella's parents think about all this? They're very confused. They have no idea. Oh my God. <laughs> what's going on. So no one knows about that they're vampires. Just, just Bella. Or wolves. <laughs> and then, so Eclipse is all about like leading up to the wedding. He proposes. But also Victoria comes back. You know, at the end we see Victoria's watching them at the prom. She's the other vampire. Right. So she uh, comes back. Yes. What for? To avenge her mate, which is James, the, the vampire they killed, that was hurting Bella, that was vlogging it. Right, <laughs> right. Weird. Yeah. So th- she wants to avenge her, her mate. Mm-hmm. And A whole, like, two movies later. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in Seattle, she's making this arm. She's biting a lot of people and making, like... An, an army, army? Yeah. oh my yeah. god of newborns and newborn newborn vampires are very much blood thirsty yeah and they're a lot harder to control makes sense yeah so that and she's preparing to attack they're called so, newborns yeah but they're not actual babies <laughs> army they're, of newborn yes, vampires exactly and then so the vampires and wolves make like collins and the wolves make a temporary alliance to fight against this army okay so the wolves and collins are they on the put same aside side. their differences yeah, to, to protect bella. planet earth and bella mainly bella because so and all and all up in this jacob confesses his love for bella has he been in love since the beginning pretty much and but that, was, that wasn't hard to tell right and but wolves like all of the werewolves they how they find a mate and they mate for life they have to imprint so the hell is that (laughs) so (laughs) the moment girl the hell's imprint (laughs) the the moment they see their mate for life they imprint and they just know they know that <laughs> but so, so so they just like make this immediate decision that it's, it's well like, it's it's your... not a decision it's like animal instinct oh. you know like wolf instinct Ooh. i know and the the creepiest part is it can happen it can even happen to a child like they can imprint on a child and while they're growing up and a child they just protect them like in a family kind of way but once they like turn 18 they can like Pounce. like they like them romantically <laughs> so this is kind of is this is what jacob did he like figure it out as a child you think no so jacob is mad he he hasn't imprinted on bella like mm-hmm. he he can't like you it, it happens the moment you see them so like it, oh it's so not, jacob didn't no he didn't oh, but, it, but, but he's, he's in so, love with her yeah so he's so in love like he's he's so confused like he just he, like he, he stares at her intently to try to imprint sometimes and he can't like, what about his family what about his family they're not like you know move on mm, i don't i don't know he doesn't listen he's stubborn that's interesting so i'm i'm thinking does he end up imprinting on the other female vampire that's building a army not quite boys. but on someone <laughs> <What>? and <laughs> okay so they they beat her they 
Like at some point, Bella kisses Jacob in an effort to stop him from doing from going and killing himself or something. And but they end up winning against Victoria. Bella's a mess. She's a little, she's a little, <laughs> a little mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I know. Wow, I see. Now I see where Fifty Shades <laughs> <laughs> really gets. I don't know if there's a Jacob problem. character that would spice things up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so her and Jacob are best friends, you know, they're trying to move past it. And then, so we're in the fourth book. Shit really goes down. So the first part of the movie, they get married. It's like a big deal, you know. And then they go on a honeymoon to their, the vampire's private island. <laughs> <laughs> where, where Tom Cruise actually hangs out too. Sure. <laughs> and <laughs> It's like the island where all the celebrities, famous celebrities that died mysteriously go to live. <laughs> No, it's their private island and next to Brazil or something. And then <laughs> they, so Bella had told Edward, like, fine, you can wait to turn me and to marry me, whatever. But you have to have sex with me after getting married. That's so weird. Yeah. And uh, do you think that they have the private island near Brazil because it's like they're cold blooded and they have to stay warm? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's getting too bi- biological. I yes. Too, too much fact for Twilight. <laughs> so, I mean, sex is really difficult because Edward could kill her at any moment, you know? Just by touching her, like, just touching her with his hand, but any, you know? Like, he could crush her. Mm. So, sex is really difficult, restraint-wise, for Edward, you know? But she's like, no, you have to, because that's what we agreed. <laughs> and... They do, and he breaks a headboard. It's this, like, big scene that's, like, he scandalous. breaks the headboard? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like dramatic. They should have broke the bed. Well, it's he had to like break something, you know, right. whatever. That's so funny. So then like a couple of days later, they realize she's very pregnant and it, the fetus is growing at like super speed. What? <laughs> yeah. Is she pregnant with a vampire baby? Yes. <gasps> <laughs> Better than a werewolf. Is it though? Ah. Well, we'll see. Maybe I'm not team Jacob. Well, you should be. <laughs> I'm team Jacob. <laughs> So the fetus growing at super speed, she's like emaciated, dying kind of. So they take her back to Oregon or wherever they're from, Washington. And like the, the no one knows what to do because it's like unprecedented, you know, Interesting. because he didn't kill her. You know, that's what usually would happen if, if it even happened. So they find out that Bella needs to drink blood to sustain the like feed the baby. So she has to like just drink like cups of blood i know (laughs) blood bar yeah so they have to keep getting her blood and they're all jealous because they all want it (laughs) and (laughs) you know yeah that's ugh. like like human blood they go to like a blood bank (laughs) and then so the the fetus growing at super speed it's like killing her almost it starts like breaking bones from the inside and it's a super like pro-life anti-abortion moment where she's like everyone wants to like kill it like the wolves are all threatened by it they think it's like gonna be a super threat if it gets born they all want to kill her and then she doesn't want it she's like no abortion i'm having it and the moment i have it i just need to survive to have it and then edward can bite me and turn me in that moment so i don't die oh my gosh right (laughs) So that's the plan. So pro-life. <laughs> Very pro-life. It's like, oh my God, it's literally killing her. Like 
killing her. Yeah, it has like super strength too. So when she's in labor, Jacob for some reason thinks she's dying. She's dead. And he goes to go kill the baby because he blames the baby for her dying. Even though Bella's not dead. It's just a misunderstanding. And then because she got turned. He, he missed that part that she got turned into a vampire and didn't die. Wait, I, I missed a step. So she's in labor. Yes. And Edward turns her and she has the baby. Okay. Okay. So Edward does turn her. Yeah. But this is in the fourth, right? Yeah. Fourth book. Okay. Still part one. Oh. <laughs> and then <laughs> Jacob misses the memo that she got turned, but he, he knows the baby got born. Okay. He just thinks she died. Okay. Got it. And he runs to go kill the baby. Because he's in right. love with Bella. Right. And the baby killed her. Okay. And then he imprints on the baby. <gasps> <laughs> oh. It's a baby girl, right? Yes. Oh. It's a baby girl named a very dumb name. <laughs> Renesmee. Bella May. too? Oh. Renesmee. She combined both their mother's names. Oh. Edwards and Bella. Whatever. Yeah. Renesmee. So he imprints on the baby. Edward is pissed because... He was like his his rival with Bella, and now he wants to mate with his daughter. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It's twisted as hell. That's so gross. Yeah, and Edward finds out immediately because he reads mine. So Edward, yeah. it's always awkward because Edward can hear everything Jacob's thinking, and Jacob has been in love with Bella this whole time, so clearly, like, it's uncomfortable. You're right. He always has to deal with his thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> it's just awkward. So. <laughs> what's a werewolf thinking yeah and then the fourth one someone mistakes their child for like a vampire child which is really dangerous like if a kid gets bit and becomes a vampire Mm -hmm. those kids are really dangerous so they think this chismosa girl sees their baby and thinks it's one of those but it's not it's half human still and she tells the government people and they come but the Collins all gather all their friends, vampire friends, and make like this army kind of to like defend the kid. And then the government comes with their own army and they just kind of have a face off, a standoff. But then nothing happens. They don't fight, even though the whole book they've been training to fight. Oh, my gosh. So it leads up to this like very what a teaser. Yeah. A very climactic ending. And then nothing happens. <laughs> and they live happily ever after. Yay. Bella's a vampire. How does nothing happen, though? There has to be something that... I mean, they, they just, just... get there and they realize... That it's half human. Oh. And not the threat they thought. Like, it's not a vampire baby. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and they bring this Brazilian guy that's they also... split that up into the two movies? Yeah. Uh. So, they bring this... Brazi- they find this Brazilian guy that is also half human, half vampire. And apparently, very uh, conveniently, these half human half vampire children live up to or like grow up to be 18 and then become immortal perfect (laughs) wow interesting (laughs) how convenient they freeze at their most attractive (laughs) very convenient uh thing and become immortal like their parents and she gets to live happily ever after with jacob because werewolves can be immortal as long as they're still turning into wolves so everyone is immortal and happy at the end what is what about Jacob? He he ends up with their child. Is there like a flash forward saying like There is in the movie. 20 years from 20 years later. There is in the movie. Oh, uh, the epilogue. It's creepy because they like put the the child's actor's face on like a 
<laughs> yeah, it's weird. We should watch that scene. I want to see like the, I want to <laughs> fast forward all the way to the last <laughs> scene Moments. in the series. I mean, that's pretty much a good idea because <laughs> it's all love until then. That's crazy! Wow, I am shook. <laughs> Did you expect all of that to come out of this? No, I did not romance. expect the marriage, though I should have. And I oh, did not expect the Oh, it was also a big abstinence promo because she kept wanting sex and he was like, no, we're getting married. You that know? is so, in- there's such like such strict, interesting conservative themes. Yeah, in religious overtones. I mean, I wonder if we looked more to the background of the author, if we could find. She's Mormon. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Need say no more. <laughs> wow. So. That's, I, I, and love, that's, I love me a Mormon. That's. <laughs> just saying. No, and that's what my fifth grade friend was telling me. She's like, it's pushing this like abstinence and all about marriage and religious things. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what the fuck? That's <laughs> incredible. Like, I should be doing my thesis on <laughs> Twilight and talking about the Mormon themes in it. Well, yeah. So pro-life, pro-wait uh, till marriage. Oh, everything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. And I did not get any of those hints at all in just Twilight. So I definitely think that she used like the, the, the interest, the appeal and popularity of vampirism. Mm-hmm. And then after establishing it and letting it become a phenomenon, it becomes a vehicle for pushing her ideologies uh, as a Mormon. That's true. That is the full circle yeah, that I mean, we've like, broken down here at Heike Book Club. Literally, like, the baby was actually killing her. Yeah. I would have to read more about the Mormon. Yeah, which, yeah, conservative or religious people believe, like, no matter what, you can't kill baby. Is she but from Utah? I think so. From Salt Lake City. Yeah. There, <laughs> you go. there you go. Wow. So. That is, my mind is officially blown. I cannot believe it and i'm so glad that we did this episode so i could learn a little bit more about not just twilight but some of the undercurrents i mean it just i was interested like because i like i told you i like doing deep good movies but i also enjoy like taking apart things that became like very huge societally like a cultural phenomenon that it was like the product was pretty shitty but like why was it so popular it's exactly like, it was a twilight mania i yeah. wonder if m- the mormon population look at looks at it as an anthem or, or some sort i of don't think so because i feel like supernatural creatures is already such a like mm, taboo yeah like heresy kind Makes of sense. not not good like i think that trumps the more subtle <laughs> conservative moments true well before we get to our final grade what sh- who who should we shout out today you, you didn't prepare a shout out <laughs> well i, I forgot. will prepare a shout out um <laughs> okay i will shout out my friend dr paul smolin he continues to support our podcast and he he's watched our videos on youtube uh zeleni shout out will be at the top of the next episode yes and the final grade is f as in frank Oh my god! <laughs> Full F. Wow, I give it a D minus. <laughs> oh wow! You know, um, not quite failing because everyone loved it. So. I mean, I'm giving it an F because it was too much money on a failed concept, and then it spun out into 
co- uh, vehicles for commercialism. And then as we've explored in this episode, means for certain ideologies to to creep out, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, if they're not being as transparent about it, then I find it problematic. I do blame it also for giving us Fifty Shades, which I don't right. care much for. <laughs> right, exactly. <sighs> Sorry, Twilight. Don't go see it. <laughs> It's true. Well, uh, I think that is about it for the big show here at Heike Book Club. Next time, we'll be book clubbing something. Yes. <laughs> Follow Who us. Who knows? <laughs> we, we still have to do Lion King. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Heike Book Club to find out early what we're going to be book clubbing next. Right. Well, what we try to do is let you know what we'll be book clubbing so it gives you a little bit more time to go and rewatch that if you would like or if you've already seen it then great and what we will generally do is split up the episode with a first half non-spoiler spoiler free zone and then go more in depth into our investigation in the second half um, after everybody's watched it and give a final grade so again thanks so much for uh, continuing to support high key book club we really appreciate uh, all of our listeners And you'll be hearing from us.